Can Cam Dolan wear any tighter pants? And he like can that? pull it off. He can rock it. Next on MLR Weekly, Seattle Seawolves owner Adrian Balfour, Nola Gold's GM, Ryan Fitzgerald, and Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. everybody and welcome back to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City and we have a huge show for you this week. We have General Manager of the NOLA Gold, Ryan Fitzgerald. We have Seattle Seawolves owner Adrian Balfour and before we get to them, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with MLR Headlines and John Fitzpatrick. John, welcome Take us away. Matt, the New York Iron Workers officially signed former LA Guiltini scrum half Christian Rodriguez. New York obtained the rights to Rodriguez in the 2023 MLR dispersal draft. There's a lot in there. First off, New York and New England now are really deep at scrum half. And secondly, you said iron workers. Is it iron wor- iron or iron workers? Don't make me go nuclear on you. Next! New York also signed wing Brooklyn Hardacker. Hardacker, who hails from Australia, originally signed with the LA Guiltinis in the 2022 MLR season, but did not see any action in the regular season. So there's some more speed on the wing for New York. But Matt, I've got to ask you a question. Isn't there already a Brooklyn in New York? There is indeed, and you need to fire your joke writer. Next! How about the Utah Warriors? They've announced that former USA Eagle hooker, Chad Goff, who announced his retirement back in June, returns to Utah on a short-term contract. What do you think about that, Matt? I think it's great. He, he did retire, and he's coming out of retirement, perhaps to try to duplicate his most exciting try, arguably most exciting try in MLR history, a 90-something meter scamper by a hooker. Always exciting. Good to have him back. Next! Last but not least, Matt, there are three MLR preseason games this weekend. Starting on Friday, Old Glory DC hosts New York. On Saturday, the Dallas Jackals host Nola Gold. And on Sunday, the American Raptors of Super Rugby Americas travels up to Seattle to play the Seawolves. Matt, we are so close to the start of the regular season. And we'll have Mr. Adrian Balfour, the owner of the Seattle Seawolves, on later in the program. So I will ask him about the uh, cross-promotion, cross-contamination, if you will, of the two brands between MLR and SRA. And also, MLR Weekly is rumored to be on the road in that D.C.-New York scrimmage down in the nation's capital. So look for that next week. Next! Matt, that's all I got. All right. Another stellar job from Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning and Rugby Morning's Coffee Break. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. We'll be right back with the general manager of the NOLA Gold, Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. 
and we are back with the general manager of the New Orleans Gold, the NOLA Gold, Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Matt, thanks for having me. Always a blast. Love this one. Well, you might not love it this time because we're going to take you down, sir. We are going to fire away. You're uh, you're in whatever we call the hot seat. This is uh, this is the sponsor opportunity hot seat brought to you by sponsor <laughs> opportunity. All right, let's go, Ryan. Okay, first question up. There were some big changes in the offseason for the gold. Tell us about it. Yeah, there really was. It was just, uh, you know, we've had a really good core of guys for a long time. And obviously some of them still here, of course, you know, but there's always, there's always going to kind of be every season. There's always going to be changeover. And this year there was, I mean, obviously, fortunately coming off our, our toughest year yet, but more so also not all of them had directly to do with that. A lot of it has to do, you know, guys in their life situation, you know, whether it be a family situation, uh, another job opportunity that they moved back home for, um, you know, some guys, you know, overseas guys retiring, um, like again, guys having some family situations back home, a couple of guys, you know, one guy trying out for the XFL. So it was, it was kind of a, you know, a mix of everything, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, we, we wanted to, you know, Kane Thompson giving him the, you know, he, his first full season as far as like, obviously last year, his off, but I mean, first full calendar year with the whole off season, Taylor Howden as well. Um, Kane was able to go home for the first time in two years, you know, got it, renewed his visa, saw his family and also was able to do a lot of good recruiting over there. He's got roots over there, obviously with MPC and with super rugby. And, um, you know, I think we really sat down at the end of the year and want to discuss and find out like what our identity, get back to our identity. I always think that's the key. Uh, no matter what sport you're playing is that, you know, you have your identity of our team that you want. And uh, we got a little bit of away from that last year, even though how we played on the field, as far as playing in the right areas, you know, getting back to that relentless, like, you know, ruthless in your face, tough, physical, you know, play smart, play in the right areas, execute. Um, and I think we got a lot of the, a lot of good, you know, I think we picked this off season was outstanding as far we as got some of the oomph back, you say, yeah, we did, you know, as far as, as far as playmakers, um, tough to, you know top to bottom tough not just physically but mentally tough um i think we did what you know really happy about our draft our college draft you know picked up some free agents made a move for dougie fight great experience obviously with you know obviously with scotland both 15s and sevens you know so um i think taylor howden and todd fitzgerald were here all fall myself as well everything that the fall academy was a huge success going four and two in that and three guys going from the academy ranks earning up to a uh, pro contract. All right. So I want to segue now because we're talking about your assembling your team. You know, you're, you're operating um, with a team that may or may not have the billions of dollars uh, or tons of money at the disposal. How, how is that a challenge for you in building this team? Obviously this off season, it's been a tremendous year as far as, you know, Tim, Tim Falcon is, since day one is just absolutely, you know, busted his butt on everything. You know, he's, he's just, best owner can work for as far as a guy that'll give you everything he's got hundred percent, you know, and uh, obviously get some more investors on more, more partners on board as the league continues to rise. And as our team continues to go and the league grows. So this has been a good year for that as well in the off season, but um, yeah, in the, in the early stages, there's some challenges with that as well. It's not, you know, but people, the salary cap is one thing. Everybody's supposed to be under the same, you know, playing by the same rules. Well, nobody as as would ever go over the goes, salary you know? cap, I mean, Ryan. You know, Come you know, on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, other what than you know, kind of last year, but rising besides, boat, all that tides, <laughs> something. But sometimes what people don't think about too is it's not just the cap. You know, it's like if you're getting a foreign player in here, for example, international player coming up from overseas, the visa alone that's six thousand dollars. You know, the flight over here if he's got a wife and a kid and you know, getting him a place to live because obviously if he's, you know, a veteran player and he's got, 
a wife and kids coming with him, he's probably not going to crash with the 22 year old rookie, you know? So, uh, you know, a vehicle to get around, there's car insurance, there's all those things that go into it that are, you know, are, you know, uh, not under the direct salary cap necessarily, but it's just, you know, under, were you going to say under the table? Were you going to, no, no. It, it, the do under the table, you gotta, you gotta. Have I'd, ha- I'd have to edit table. that yeah, out, so, man. You know, no, but uh, there's a lot that goes into that that you know, you know, think of as far as it's not just the salary cap of like, well, everybody's playing by the same. But there's a lot that you know, can you can you make that happen to get the person here? Well, interesting um, that, that you that, say that. So let me ask you this: because you you know you're not the general manager of an NFL, an MLB, or an NBA, yeah. or an NHL team. You're the general manager of a new league in this country, sixth season, still still yep. new, right? Yeah. When you're making your picks, I mean, you you have financial considerations, a. But are you also looking at maybe somebody will bring some some eyeballs or some fannies in the seats? And I'm allowed to say fanny on this side of the pond, folks. So save yeah. your letters. Yeah, you know, that, again, that's some challenges as well. Like, um, you know, like you said, going into year six of a new sport. Year one was only an eight game season. 2020 was only five games with COVID. So we're still, you know, trying to get the momentum, you know, 100 going. But Again, that being said, Matt, same thing. Biggest difference in the NFL, right, or something like from here. Um, you know, right now as we're startup, we're doing everything here. Uh, we here in Olago, we kind of are all about like, hey, wear wear nine hats, wear eight hats, do whatever you got to do to get the job done, right? So, um, you know, there's probably not you know higher ups and you know other teams or head coaches or GMs that are you know also picking up players at the airport, moving mattresses to get them settled in, you know, uh, you know, and even coming down to recruiting. Right. Like if you're if you're drafting a guy in the NFL, if he's got a wife and kid, that's kind of probably, you know, it doesn't that doesn't affect if you pick him or not. He's going to make enough money regardless that he can bring his wife and kid down. Right. You know, for us, that could that could drastically affect if a guy is single or if a guy has got a wife and kid. Not that you're holding that against him, but he obviously has to put food on the table for his wife and his kid versus a 22, 23 year rookie that can, you know, pack his bag and be under the for the kid, that kind of stuff. Maybe his exactly. wife's got a job you know, and she's got to relocate right. her job. Right. And if they're overseas, you know, she can't work here because she's coming, you know, she doesn't have the same visa, you know, so all those things go into effect versus, you know, and then on the top of that as well, Matt, you know, when I was scouting in the NFL, there's, you can watch a guy in your region, you might watch him for two, three, even four years, you know, by the time you actually pick him, you know, in the NFL draft, you've you got the whole profile of this guy, you know, what he did as a freshman, what high school he went to everything. You've met him three five times. You The senior bowl is currently going on right now, which I used to be a part of, and those guys are getting, you know, sitting down, having lunch, having dinner with the guys. There's times where for an international player, you might talk to him, him and his agent for two, three months lead up, do the whole visa process, the whole time he flies here. And the first time that you meet him, he's already signed. Yeah. You've already invested money into the visa, the flights, yeah. everything. And you meet him at the airport for the first time after talking to him for four months. At that point in time, you could be like, says oh, to you, man. I want a new car. Right. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, man. We made a mistake here. Now what? It's like he's already yeah. here. He's already got a visa. It's like you know, what's I'm already getting paid. Of, yeah, toothpastes out of the tube on that one. It's tough, and right. you know, and it's sorry, hard to French have. fans. Right. <laughs> if if you have Miami coming in next year, yeah, and I'm looking for you to verify that. By the way, that was a feeder question. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure you know you you've heard what I've heard, Matt. You know, All I'm right. sure I'm you've sure heard, you've heard sure, a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, so if Miami comes in, do you think you guys would be the obvious choice to go to the West? And a second part of that is how many teams would it take to form a Central Division? Yeah, I thought about that. If, if my if Miami, for instance, you know, they did come in, I would guess, you know, geographically, that would probably be us going to the West. I would think, you know, I mean, I know there was even there was even possible considerations of it for this year when when Chicago came in, um, so that would make the most sense. 
Um, I think, you know, we're at 13 now. If we got to 15, you, you probably could think about doing the three three conference, uh, three divisions. You know, you'd have the teams out, you know, five out in the West. You'd have five kind of right down that pipeline in the Central. And then you got the, obviously the East, you know, so you could have, you know, play everybody in your division twice. That's home and away, you know, so that's eight games uh, being, you know, the other four opponents in your division. And then you got, you know, maybe play two or three in the West, two or three in the East, and there's your 16-game season. Or maybe they add a couple of games out of the, you know, maybe they go up to 18 games. Who knows? Ooh, are you, so, are you, are you, are you a proponent of going to a longer I am, schedule? I, I am. I am. I mean, if we if we keep on expanding, I think so. Because I like, you know, what I want to get to, Matt, as well as obviously the whole league does, not just me. I mean, every coach, every GM, everybody would get to, obviously, as we continue to grow and the league grows and hopefully everything, more people are coming into the games and the, the sponsors come in and, the salary cap can go up. I would love, you know, it'd be easier too. I think to operate obviously as a whole, if we can um, get uh, everybody getting kind of paid almost to the point we can get paid year round or not right. necessarily year round. Um, even the NFL, they don't get year round. They get their season and they get their, you know, off season roster bonuses. If you can get to that point, I think our investment also turns in better because then if you invest in a guy that is coming over from overseas and he comes here with his wife and his kid and they love the culture and they love the area and they stay here year round. And they start building roots here. And you got guys like JP Duplessis, who's got, you know, three kids. Two of them are American, are born in America. They were born in San Diego when he was there. Did, That's you, put you, on, kind of, did you put them on contract yet? They're already Eagle eligible. They're on the board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're on right, the board. Yeah. Ryan, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Don't miss the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, the world's best sports entertainment show ever. We do have that lone URC match. <laughs> I just, you know, it's like it's like herding three-year-olds that are drunk. By the way, I spent a month in Rapungi one night in Tokyo. One, you're going to get taxed. Two, at some point you'll die. And three, the French will never close a game strongly. Kuboto Spears Funabashi Tokyo Bay. They are not to be confused, however, with the Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Saga Mihara Dinobores. I just wanted to say both those teams' names. Six nations all alike in dignity in fair Europa where we lay our scene. The show of weakness that the Panasonic Wild Knights had Green Rockets have seen blood in the water, and they will attack. The most punchable face in the history of the world, right there. And we're back. And we're back with Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald, the general manager of the NOLA Gold. Uh, Mr. General Manager, what are the strengths of your team this year? Right off the bat, yeah, the culture, you know, last you know, last year was uh, a little bit, you know, different, much more positive, uh, you know, just start this year. I think right off the bat in training camp, uh, the juice is there, the energy is there, the guys around each other, you guys are doing things a lot of times organically. I mean, even also, you know, just kind of hanging out constantly. So, uh, but the guys are just, you know, you can just feel the energy and the juice. I said, like, I, I think you got a perfect mix right now of, you know, our core guys that have been here and some American players that have really developed over the years, you know, guys that have been here from day one with the Eric Howards and the Tesmani Tungawea and, you know, Kevin Sullivan, Matt Harmon going in year five. Now those guys, you know, Matt Har you know, Eagles and guys that are in the Eagle pool, and you come in mixed in with uh, a lot of veteran leader, veteran guys coming from big, big moments, super rugby. You mix that whole area in. I think we're a real dynamic, tough, 
physical team that's going to be getting off the line fast and, and physical. And I, I think that uh, you also got just, you know, the vision. I want to ask you, what do you think what's going on about what's going on with USA rugby? And now that we have like a governor appointed by world rugby to oversee us in Dom Hayes, what's your take on all that? And obviously, you know, disappointing the guys, you know, players obviously, or, you know, put everything on the line, players and coaching staff, everybody to come up, you know, just that short. It's gut-wrenching, obviously, for the, for the next coming 2023 World Cup. But I think it's going, you know, it's going to be a positive. You can use it, you know, obviously, it stings, no doubt about it. Now let's flip it and let's go forward. Um, you know, Scott Lawrence, I got unbelievable respect for, known him for many years. To wear that jersey's got to mean something to you. It's got to mean something to you. It's got to mean, it's got to mean everything and, um, you know, if you want to crack at it, you know, you have to sell out for it. I don't think anybody's going to get any, anybody across the line is going to get any free caps. You know, I mean, you're going to have to earn every piece of it. And I think you also, like I said, having a, having an uh, identity, like we've always talked to, like I was just started with the show was saying, you know, I think that's huge. Obviously with guys scattered all across between overseas and an MLR and they assemble and sometimes at tight windows, how fast they can assemble and get up to speed as quick as possible. I think, you know, as far as maybe only having 10 training sessions before, yeah. boom, they have a test match. That's yeah. tough. So I think the more, I think the, I think when you, the more uh, of the identity that you have mastered, of what, what, as you come into camp and you know what you want to do, you know what's expected from you and everything, I think uh, that communication is going to go a long way. All right, last question, and this is a quickie. As a, as a GM of a professional team and you've got your players under contract, how do you feel about releasing them to the nation? Releasing them to play for USA? Yeah. I'm 100, you know, 100%. Proud as hell of them. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. I have no problem whatsoever. That's a, I mean, I would have removed my left pinky toe off my foot to get at one cap. You know, I would have so, removed I mean, your I, left pinky yeah. toe to get my cap too. <laughs> I would have done anything to get one cap. So I completely, I would have got that Eagle number tattooed on yeah. me the next day, you know? So, um, I absolutely, um, you know, that's, and again, you know, like I said, I got, uh, you know, the utmost respect for guys that are trying to go play for the next level and play for their country. That's, that's the goal. And I think Kane Thompson's got that same goal too here, till here. He wants everybody to raise that bar and raise that standard and, you know, shoot, shoot name high. Your, your goal coming in should be like, well, I should get a couple, like hope to get a couple starts, hope the roster come off the bench. No, I want, I want to be an Eagle and then, you know, shoot for that, you know, and keep on, keep on driving that standard and shooting for that. And I think, uh, um, I think the guys, you know, a lot of guys here want it. And I think Kane was in three rugby world cups for Samoa, right? He was. Yep. And in 2012, he was starting an eight man when they super rugby with the chiefs when they beat the sharks, you know, pretty so, good resume, pretty yeah, good resume, heck of a resume. And you have to pry it out of them. They even get that out yeah. of me. You might know him for three years before you even tell you that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. 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 All right. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald, general manager of the NOLA gold. We'll be right back. Been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. with none other than one of our favorite all-time guests, the owner of the Seattle Seawolves, Mr. Adrian Balfour. 
Adrian, welcome back. Thanks for having me, buddy. Let's get right down to maybe a sore spot. And I've asked you, we talked about it last year a little bit before we've had you on, but you were an iffy call against Brad Tucker from hoisting your third MLR shield. What have you done in the offseason to give you those chances of hoisting that shield for the third time? We've put a lot of a lot of things we've done is we want to kind of beef up um, our relationship with referees. Um, and also <laughs> You mean coin in the pocket? No, no. It's it's like, okay, what are the referees actually focusing on this this game? Okay. What are their priorities? Um, and what is um, inside the red line and what's outside the red line, you know, that sort of thing. So what we've done is we've built a relationship um, with Kat Roach, and she's actually moved to Seattle as of, as of February 1st, and she's going to be embedded with the team. So she'll be able to share um, the priorities that the referees are looking at with the team. Also, during course of practice, we'll be able to um, practice with a referee, refereeing our practice sessions, which will increase the, the team's awareness so that'll build that muscle memory around the rules. So we should get less penalties, I would hope. Kat's a very, very talented up-and-coming referee. Um, and, you know, she's, you know, I think she's got potential to be a World Cup referee. So she's able to then work with other local refs and help develop them as well. And she'll be full-time referee, not a part-time referee. So that, in turn, helps the U.S. development of referees, which is a, a key component for the game going forward. And the other thing is, where are the areas that we didn't have depth last year and make sure that we have genuine competition for every single position on the field? So that's the other sort of recruitment target that we've been looking at. And as I said, there's about a 10 or 15 percent natural attrition that happens at the end of every game. All right. Shifting gears a little bit on a a broader topic. Uh, I had Kimball Kerr, the the CEO of the Utah Warriors, on last week. And earlier in this program, I had Ryan Fitzgerald, the GM of the NOLA gold on and I got their perspectives, but I wanted to get the owners, an owner's perspective on the relationship with super rugby Americas. In super rugby Americas, um, selfish interest to get involved in North America because that's where the money is. Okay. Um, or that's where people think the money is. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so it's, a, I, I can understand them wanting to do it. Um, I, um, you know, the, the critical thing for rugby in North America is that we have a joined up plan, like that we integrate and we develop the professional game in North America. Um, and so you can't have competing visions, um, one pulling one way and another one pulling another way. That that just divides us and, and, and leaves us more vulnerable um, to failure, to be honest. So it's never has there been a more critical time than now for USA rugby World Rugby and MLR to work together. Um, and so, and I believe um, uh, a subset of the owners group met with um, USA Rugby and uh, the World Rugby guys in New York um, earlier earlier this month, okay? And we have ironed out a plan that makes um, MLR Rugby in the short term, next couple of years, to be the competition um, that will be sanctioned by USA and World Rugby going forward. Interesting. So. Are we saying that Super Rugby Americas won't be sanctioned as well? Well, Super Rugby Americas are uh, going to play with Glendale, okay, being as part of that competition. Um, and that that is what it is, and, and good luck to them, um, you know. But in terms of 
a competition that's sanctioned in North America, that is MLR. Staying with the Raptors, do you see them as the one team hosting all Eagles playing professionally on just one team in Super Rugby Americas, or are they going to still be sprinkled throughout the MLR? No, that, that's not going to happen. Um, I think they're, they're going to be sprinkled throughout the MLR. Um, one of the things that we're trying to figure out is how do we get more game time for the under-23 players within our squads who are perhaps second or third choice um, from the starting team. So they train as part of our um, programs. We develop them intentionally to get them stronger and better, but they're not getting ga- enough game time. So one of the um, things that we have to figure out is how do we get those players games in perhaps um, a secondary competition. We're, we're, we're pulling together that plan for under 23 player development. So that that is now in the planning stage and hopefully that'll be able to be released, you know, within the next month or so. You know, there's, there, with the 2031 World Cup, yeah, those are, if you want to look at a three-legged stool, single competition in North America, you know, um, take the second leg is develop the refereeing talent that can support the expansion of the game. And the third leg of the stool is make sure the 20 under 23 players are getting game, US under 23 players are getting game time and professional game time. Sorry, you mentioned the expansion of the game. Can you can you give us some um, information on expansion 2024, 2025? Yeah, there, there's a number of teams that are at, actively in conversations with the office. Um, I believe it's no secret that Miami um, are looking to come in and will probably come in for 2024. There are, I think, about six or seven other groups that are in active conversations at differing levels of participation about coming on board. Um, so we we do have a strong league and we have a, a more professional league, in my humble opinion, um, than I think we've ever seen before. We're going to be spending, as we move towards the 2031 World Cup, we're, total expenditure will probably end up being around a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. So we are deadly serious about building and developing the game here locally. Um, and it's never be more important for that to be a joined up plan with world rugby and usa rugby um, including how do we support the under 23 player development programs is there any regret whatsoever on what happened with la and austin in terms of maybe if things had been acted upon earlier we might have been able to salvage those franchises and keep gilchrist in the league you know part part of it is um those teams were running um and operating um, but their finances were maybe not necessarily commensurate with their bills. Part of it was that um, they were breaking the rules. And, you know, that that's not a good thing. You can't really have a league if you're breaking the rules. So, right. so part it's, it's kind of a unique situation, right? Um, and so the, the idea is like, let's make sure that the leadership in the league is paying attention to the details. And let's make sure that we have the ability if a team is going to be transitioned to support that transition. What's the most exciting thing that fans of the Seattle Seawolves can look for in 2023? Winning games, let's put, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I mean, I think the, the exciting thing is that the organization has grown over the last five years. And so we've got five years of learning. So the actual, um, the actual operation at the team level with Brian, and at the rugby level with um, Clarkey, um, that operation is now really, really sort of kicking into its stride. Um, and I think people would say it's one of the most professional setups in North America. 
um, players are housed in a community um, that is, you know, better than before. Um, and we have a training regime where we're really playing like a full professional club. So we're really training like a professional club. And as I said, having Cat Roach in there brings us into par and in line with um, some of the other major clubs across the world. And I, I, one thing I, I would say is that, you know, the league has um, invested in trying to bring boys and girls to rugby. And if you um, think about it, in 20, you know, just in 2022, we introduced 50,000 boys and girls into to the sport of rugby across the United States. And since we started, okay, we've introduced 200,000 boys and girls to the sport of rugby across the US. So, you know, we are working really hard to build this thing called rugby, get a joined up plan with USA Rugby, you know, perhaps integrating board seats, that might be a good way to move forward. Um, I think that that has a high likelihood of happening. Um, Please. And that al- yeah, that allows us to get this joined up plan and then focusing on those three areas, you know, that we mentioned before. Exciting, exciting times. Major League Rugby season six coming up. Thank you, Mr. Balfour. You're welcome. Thanks, Matt. On that note, we're out of time. Thanks to Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves, Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald of the NOLA Gold, and Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And thank you for tuning in. Please look for our other programs, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please, please, please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. 